Hey everyone, my name is Olivia, and this is the Fat Ass Podcast. We are a show dedicated to all things food. On this podcast, we like to play games, share our experiences working in restaurants, talk about food seasonality, and so much more. This is our third season here on the Fat Ass Podcast, and we are super excited about all the new episodes coming up. Our episodes launch every Tuesday, so be sure to catch up and listen to all our past seasons. Crystal, do you want to tell our listeners what's in store for today? Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Crystal and today's episode is titled Mental Health in the Restaurant Industry Part 2. We felt that since it is Mental Health Awareness Month, we wanted to really acknowledge this important issue in today's society. However, do not worry if you haven't heard part one. It's still available on all our listening platforms. We'll be sharing some mental health facts, celebrate the late great Anthony Bourdain, and at the end of the show, we're going to play a game called On the Fly. So Olivia, what are some facts you'd like to share for us? So I know that in our part one of this episode for mental health in the restaurant industry, we talked about our past experiences and sexual harassment in the workplace with women, and we lightly touched up on substance abuse and depression. Like I said, this is just a super huge topic, so this is why we're having a part two. I wanted to share a few facts on why people such as chefs, bussers, servers, anybody working in the restaurant industry has mental health issues, they struggle with it. The reason why people struggle with this in the restaurant industry is because of the long hours, the little, little pay, very, very little pay. I can't stress that enough that people get paid and it's very, very demanding job, stressful environment. And it just, it happens to chefs a lot also because of the high pressure and the demands of the kitchen. I just think that not only chefs, like I said, it's servers, dishwashers, line cooks, managers, everyone struggles in the restaurant industry. Yeah, I would totally agree with you on all those points you just made. It really is a struggle to work those hours, you know, it, it messes with your body physically, mentally, emotionally. And then sometimes we end up losing our tempers in that environment. So I could definitely see how all of those are factors to your mental health. Yeah, and there are a lot of people in the industry that have depression, there's insomnia, they're also stressed out, they have anxiety, and they also have suicidal tendencies as well. Yeah, it's just this ongoing thing, and I just remember myself and others that I worked with, I don't know, they were just dreading to come into work. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, definitely at times I was dreading coming into work with having anxiety towards the confrontation you would have to have with the people around you. So yeah, I can I can see what I felt as being that way, but I don't think I was depressed actually having to work. I mean, I didn't have those types of disorders of coming into work and, and not being able to do anything, but I would feel things like depression coming out of work, which is kind of odd, you know? Right. Just kind of like you're going through all these different emotions when your mental health is not in its best shape. Yeah, that's that's honestly like I felt the exact same way. And we're not alone when people do come out of working these crazy hours and crazy shift. It's just it's thinking back to it. I was like, man, why did we put ourselves through that? Why did we drag our own selves through the mud like that when we could have just walked out of it? 
Yeah, I don't know. I think one of the problems with that job is like you love what you actually do. Speaking for myself, I really felt when I started working in pastry, I, I really felt that's where I belonged. That's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But when I had to have these conflicts with the chefs all the time, it, it really ruined my spirit in a way. It didn't really stop me from continuing doing what I'm doing, but I think if I had situations that were really bad like sexual harassment as we mentioned in part one I think those things can really affect somebody if I ran into those types of situations I probably would be in a type of depression I wouldn't be able to get out or able to enjoy my work and continue my career there have been other things that can feel close to that but I cannot compare my experience with someone that has had actual depression or actual diagnosed anxiety PTSD I mean all those disorders come from those real life experiences and I think that's another huge factor in people working within our industry I also think that a lot of people working in the industry think that they don't have the time for self-care it's not that hard to just take that time out of your day to self-care And I was reading something on food and wine on self-care strategies uh, for people working in the restaurant industry. And I wanted to share a couple of them with you today and with everyone listening. Exercising was definitely one that was often mentioned. Constant exercise, drinking water, drinking a lot of water, spending time with the ones you love, create that me time for yourself, doing breathing exercises and meditating, cutting out drinking. (laughs) I know that's hard, but definitely cutting out drinking helps a lot. Unplug your phone for a little bit, getting a massage. Dude, I, I would definitely agree with all of those strategies you just mentioned. I mean, I've tried to do those things before, but my body sometimes was just so physically pushed to the limit where I couldn't, you know, get myself to do those things. I was exhausted. My mind was just set in its own way. Like I couldn't change the channel. And I think only until recently, maybe a couple years ago, I was able to give myself that self-care time, you know. And I also had a good support system. I had really good friends. And, uh, you know, one of the places I worked at, too, it's kind of funny how you mentioned like the whole exercise and the whole eating thing. So there was this woman I worked with at one of the hotels. She started a wellness group, a meetup where you just hang out like after work hours. You do some hiking, play tennis, other sports and activities like yoga, running, marathons, like whatever. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know, right? She would do all this crazy stuff. It was really good for you to just get out there. And it was perfect because you know, those hours we worked were really difficult. You know, we don't have weekends off. Most of the time people work late nights. So there was always a different activity that you could do to get together and find a better way to cope, you know, find a good strategy to help you create a good mental health system. So yeah, there's definitely ways to go about it. And the more you practice them, you know, you never know, you could probably, yeah, you can probably stay in the industry without thinking about all those bad things going on. So yeah, if you have those strategies, If you put in the practice, if you have a good support system, you know, there's hope. So I think it was pretty cool that you mentioned those key things that are actually pretty easy to do if you just took the time to do them. They're super simple. It's definitely easier having that support system, though. I wish I had a good support system. My only good support system were when I was working back then in the industry were just a bunch of women that like to drink. So, I mean, you know, you just kind of fall into that, too. So, yeah, we there was like a lot of love. Like, you know, we all loved each other, but there was also drinking involved. So that was a little a little bit hard. I, that was a little difficult for me because I fell into that also. 
Do you want to share any facts on anything mental health related? Yeah, so a couple general facts and also just somewhat focusing on the restaurant industry itself. One fact is in the U.S., one in five adults ages 18 and older reported mental health illness in 2016. And that's about 44.7 million people. That was a recent study too in you know, oh, wow. 2016 and it was just the U.S. alone. So that's just a small part of the entire world that report a mental health illness. In 2017, yeah, the numbers just kind of blow your mind. I mean, looking at numbers nowadays, you don't want to, but uh, you know, we got to face the facts. Um, As I mentioned last time, too, uh, in 2017, Mental Health America did a two-year study which surveyed 17,000 employees in 19 different industries. Food and beverage was in the top three for highest rating in mental health issues, and restaurant workers have had the highest drug use and third highest alcohol use between all other industries. So yeah, what you had just talked about, drinking, is very real. So more numbers for you, uh, approximately 100 2 million Americans work in the service industry and their jobs offer a base pay rate of up to 71% lower than federal minimum wage. Low pay, high stress, and it's the majority of the people. Oh my god, it's so crazy to think about the way jobs are and the way the restaurant industry is compared to other jobs. Um, Tipped workers have a greater mental health risk than non-tipped workers. And the idea is that, you know, non-tipped workers, you know, even though they make so little in comparison, the idea is that the tips are going to make up the difference. That's not always true. And most of the time it isn't. And if it is true, the risk of stress and anxiety and all these mental disorders are just as high and probably even higher if you just look at the facts. Bartenders, I don't know if you've ever had a a bartender friend. I mean, I'm sure you have. Plenty. (laughs) You become best friends when you're in the industry. When you are a chef, you are best friends with that bartender because you are getting free drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, if you're a chef, like, you're at the bar. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know where else you would be. Are you even working? I don't know. I'm at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So bartenders, you know, you tip a bartender, right? That's what you do. That's how you think they get paid, which is true. And their base pay is very small. So uh, during these shifts, bartenders, one of the things that they do to kind of entice other customers, and sometimes it's not even their idea. Sometimes it's management's idea. So, you know, there's a party coming over, okay. you know, let's just say it's 11, 11.30 at night, dinner service. It's kind of wrapping up except for all those anniversary couples that just want to have dessert and more wine. And there's the bartender, right? And I mean, in order for the bartender to make a really good close, sometimes the bartender will take a shot with you. And sometimes customers <laughs> see that bartender right. take, a cho- <laughs> uh, take a shot with someone else and they think that bartender is cute. Yep. So what they do is they... They go over there and they're like, oh, hey, let's take a round of shots. And before you know it, it's like 2 a.m. And the bartender mm-hmm. is drunk <laughs> off his ass. But he has this like mental thing in his brain where he thinks that he needs to do it in order you know, to do his job. And those nights turn into 4 a.m., 5 a.m. when they get home and they're exhausted. And they end up <laughs> just, you know, kind of not getting any sleep, not having any breakfast, probably having to go to another shift, uh, yeah. you know, in the daytime after that long night of drinking and working at the same time i mean can you imagine just having to do that every day that that's why they have cocaine problems (laughs) seriously 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, because, you know, you're just kind of only doing it to keep it going. And then once that feeling stops, you think you need something else because your body is already tired of the current substance you've been using. And so it's just a pattern every day. And, you know, I read a couple things, actually. There's other there's a couple other chefs out like in Baltimore. There's this one chef. She's a woman. And in her restaurant, she kind of like helps her bartenders you know with their with their mental health by just doing things like making healthy snacks make sure they take their breaks and stuff she doesn't put on that kind of environment where you know she's like we need you to sell that bottle of wine or get out that good tequila there's a lot of people out there that actually care for the well-being of others if you just follow that example bartenders cooks all the workers will be able to sleep at a reasonable hour it's just one idea and i kind of wish i saw more stories about that or more chefs doing it and i'm sure there is probably not during this exact time (laughs) because we're in a completely different state of hospitality there's a couple changes going on in the realm of mental health in the restaurant industry also something i read too uh you know how california and sorry to the other states too i feel bad because you know we're always talking about california (laughs) it's Uh, at home you know (laughs) so the minimum wage here has been raised this past year yes you know, kind of slowly increasing. Yes. Uh, due to the raise in minimum wage, about 56% of sexual harassment cases have actually decreased. It's hard to kind of take sides. You know, we shouldn't raise minimum wage or, you know, you should. But uh, some advocates believe, based on the numbers, that raising minimum wage can help reduce racial economic inequality, better mental health, and improve relationships with customers. Wow. Those are all very fascinating and interesting facts. But, you know, facts don't lie. When you were talking about speaking about that woman who is making healthy snacks for bar- her bartenders, I thought that was really cool. And just a little difference like that goes such a long way in such a positive way also too so it's a positive step forward and you can only go forward from there so I like that I like that a lot I think it was really cool that that chef was doing that you know she was a woman which is also kind of inspiring for the women chefs out there we can all do something to improve the lives of others and the healthy well-being for ourselves we can all do the self-care you know really don't let mental health be a stigma we should be allowed to talk about it and think about it right. and you know and take care of it. yourself also yeah you know otherwise we're just gonna see numbers go higher you're gonna see less people being able to work and you're just not gonna feel good if you don't know what's going on with the people you're surrounding yourself with so you know we don't want to lose any more chefs it's uh it's crazy that you say that we don't want to lose any more chefs because there are a lot of chefs a lot of people working in the restaurant industry and hospitality industry that sometimes they can't handle the stress and their mental health declines so drastically that they turn to suicide unfortunately and it's such a hard topic to talk about especially since uh one of our favorites anthony bourdain passed away about two years ago if anybody who doesn't know who anthony bourdain was he was a chef a tv personality celebrity author of one of my favorite books kitchen confidential and had a many very successful shows and had this wonderful narrating voice i took his death pretty hard and it was really Really, really tough to even watch one of his episodes of Parts Unknown afterwards, but now I could watch it. It's just unfortunate uh, what had happened to him. I had one of these quotes that he had mentioned, and it's, I was hiding in a deep, dark hole, and, and it was dawning on me that it was time to try and climb out. 
there are definitely things that were triggers for him and that he also mentioned being in like constant depression. It's not really cured and it's something that's a lifelong thing. So he definitely struggled with that, unfortunately. And he was open about all of that too. So where were you? Do you remember uh, the day you heard that Anthony Bourdain passed away, Crystal? You know, I don't know. I don't remember, you know, the the date of, but I feel like around that time, I was actually hanging out with you. And I remember coming home and I wanted to watch TV. Like I just wanted to watch Anthony Bourdain. I wanted to see him cooking. I wanted to see him doing all the things he loves because those are the things I love. And it was tough because it was suicide. It was tough because someone took their own life and someone that is influential to you that takes their own life can have such an effect on your own perspective on life so I was really upset I don't want to say that I was in shock though which sounds really mean but if you read some of the things that he's written like if you read about all the years of drug use and depression and kitchen confidential you know all these life experiences I mean so many other people go through it but yeah I was really hurt about it but I, I really just wanted to it does. You know, see him and <laughs> it's you know, watch talking stuff about and him that's pretty much all I did I just met all day and you know it sounds really like millennial and insensitive but that's all I wanted to do it just it just sucked because he broke a barrier as a chef he didn't just hold his position he was able to connect with people in small restaurants and people who live in small villages across the world that you could probably never even get to unless you watched a show there's plenty of other chefs out there who are fully capable to do the same things but some of them don't live for that stuff and it's rare to find people that do yeah I mean I was even hurt when John then gold passed away as well oh man that was also hard that was like a few months after right or a few weeks after i don't remember um the time difference but it wasn't too far away from each other and you know it really sucked it was not i remember it was like bourdain and then gold like what the what the fuck you know it was just jonathan gold was like an la food critic and he had his jonathan gold's what 101 best places to eat in la and you see his name everywhere in los angeles if you go into any any restaurant that he enjoyed he just loved food also just like us it's just crazy like you said it's an influential person and these people had like a way of using their words to be super descriptive when they're with their food and i loved reading their stuff and just i also loved hearing anthony bourdain talk it was like every every single word he spoke was just pure gold and i miss him yeah we all miss him you know i mean so don't take anything lightly if if someone, I mean, the words are right in front of us, you know, the way people act towards one another. You have to really be more conscious. It's just a crazy story uh, when it happened. He was just in France filming. Yeah. I don't remember which show he was filming. I think it was, uh, I think it was also Parts Unknown, if I'm not mistaken. Another unfortunate suicide that happened shortly after Bourdain's death was fashion designer Kate Spade and she was 55 also part of the service industry but in fashion you know another creative field something something about it something about the high demand high stress Um, I'm pretty sure there's just as much drugs in the fashion industry as there is in the restaurant industry if so maybe even more I don't know there's just so much substance abuse going on and that's one of the main points I wanted to focus on during this part two episode is substance abuse 
Okay. How often have you seen it? I mean, you've talked about it briefly, but in reality, like how often have you seen substance abuse in your line of work? Nine years of me working in the industry, I saw it almost every single day. Or actually, I saw it every single day. Whether it be at work, after work, before work, people would even hand me shit. And it's just there all the time. Fun fact, most likely the dishwashers are going to be the ones who are selling these drugs to the workers of the industry. Oh my gosh, yeah, I can validate that's true. Yeah, that's almost 99% true. (laughs) But did you see anything or do you recall any stories when you were working in the industry? To be honest, when I did see something, I kind of just stayed away. I didn't really want to interact with any of it. Growing up, I had family members that were drug addicts, so it was very difficult to watch. And I didn't want to involve myself with anything like that. But of course, you have really good friends that have addictions and you can't stop them and you can't control their lives. You know, all you can do is be their support. There's some stories, too, I hear about, uh, you know, how people turn to substance abuse. Sometimes it's not even directly from the high stress of that environment or the line of work. It can actually be from a previous experience that they've had in their lives. I read this article about a guy named Brian Gonzalez, and when he was 20, he was in prison for smuggling immigrants. His goal was to smuggle his mom from Mexico so they can all be together as a family. But by the time he was going to bring in his mom, that's when he got caught. Then when he was in prison, he was seen by a psychologist and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder, which had stemmed from being molested as a boy. Then when he got out of prison, he was on parole and, you know, he had to find work at whatever job was available during that time when he was in Texas. And as you know, and I know, restaurants can hire ex-convicts. They can hire people without papers. They hire anybody, you know, it's just an open place for anyone who needs a job that can easily do it. And since the demand is so high for workers, they end up hiring those types of people. So Brian Gonzalez ended up working at this restaurant. You know, he had all these things he was suffering from and he had to take drugs. He had to take drugs for his PTSD, for his bipolar disorder, and sometimes when you don't have any money to pay for these drugs because, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, healthcare is non-existent, you know, if you're a minimum wage worker in a restaurant. Sorry, but, you know, we we don't get those benefits at all. So you turn to people who can provide the drugs that you need. So he ended up doing that, and then one day he got tired of all the drugs, and he He got the strength and he reached out to people on this Facebook group called Server Memes. And I think I've seen this group before, but they're a good support group for people with mental health disorders. So he reached out to them and the story of this is that he was able to to change his life by reaching out. And that's just one story. But in reality, the drugs are still there. This disorder, I don't think they'll ever go away. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. But people still live with these disorders for years and years to come. If you can eliminate all the drugs in the restaurant, it still wouldn't take away the fact that people can have mental health disorders. Because it's based on experience. It's it's a really rough topic to kind of dive into. But right. as far as everything I've been reading, you know, we have to get down to the mental health part of it. Because, you know, like, I drink, right? Like, I love alcohol. Like, I love alcohol for how it tastes and, you know, hanging out with my friends. (laughs) Thank you for admitting that, Crystal. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) It only took 25 episodes. You were waiting for that, huh? This is an intervention, not an episode. (laughs) Actually, yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, 
but you know what I mean it's it's really about dealing with you know how people are feeling emotionally inside getting out all those bad experiences that people have and really getting down to like the core of those things will really help having a better health system uh, so I really thank uh, the Gonzalez guy for sharing a story and letting other people read it because it's such a change imagine he was only 20 you know you're young like you don't really know what you're trying to do and people make mistakes you know he was doing something for a good cause and then it just turned his life to the, all these other railways and so yeah that's the Brian Gonzalez story um, he's a cook somewhere I think a line cook uh, out somewhere like at a restaurant in Texas wow that's that's crazy yeah like like I said it happens every single day and a lot of people don't know really how to get the proper help but it's out there so if you're struggling with any sort of mental health issues and or substance abuse, there's a 24-hour phone number that you can call. And I have one of them. It's 800-662-4357. And or you can go online to this other website. It's called mentalhealth.gov. If you're struggling with anything, definitely take take all of all of the advice you can get and call call the number and or visit the website. Do you have any numbers to share? So I also have a couple numbers of uh, different support groups that I can mention. And uh, some of these support groups are actually founded by chefs, which is pretty cool. But for the number, even if you're not a cook or a chef in the industry, any service worker can, uh, you know, who's dealing with anything should definitely know they're not alone. Um, you know, listen to all these stories and can definitely use all these resources just the same. We need people. We're all in this together. So this number is for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's a really easy number to dial, uh, 1-800-273-TALK. Or if you just want the number itself, it's 1-800-273-8255. It's 24 hours. It's free. It's completely confidential. It's your own privacy. You can say whatever you're feeling. You know, know that you're going to be fine. Don't feel the need to lose yourself because other people need you. Another support group that is pretty cool is named Ben's Friends and this support group was made in honor of a chef named Ben Murray who committed suicide and the website is called bensfriendshope.com. So if you go there it's a support group for anyone in the food and beverage industry or anyone who wants to have some info on how to deal you know with what's going on. I also wanted to share another chef who should have kind of a big spotlight. Uh, his name is Chef Patrick Mulvaney and he's been working on starting all these different mental health programs for people in the restaurant industry for several years. 2016 in Sacramento the restaurant community actually lost 12 people to suicide committed death and I mean the restaurant community there is not really big so that left such an impact on him so he started to create something called I Got Your Back and the website is called igotyourback.info. He teamed up with Kaiser Permanente and the James Beard Foundation to come up with this program to create sort of like a peer counseling for the restaurant industry. So what they do is they put certain people in training and they give them like a little pin and so anyone that needs someone to reach out to, they can just find whoever's been trained, get some help, get some counseling. And so I thought that was really, really cool. I like that. Um, thank you. Pretty yeah, awesome. thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that's really cool. I think this is super helpful info and I feel like a lot of people need it too. Yeah, I'm just surprised. You know, I, I never really saw anything like that. I mean, I... 
I knew that Ben's friend support group was was around during that time, but it just wasn't talked about. It wasn't, you know, shown or acknowledged. Mental health is just, it was such a stigma, you know, to talk about it. We mentioned this thing again in the whole ego culture. Uh, No one wants to feel weak. No one wants to talk about their feelings or kind of admit that they have an issue with something and you got to let that go. I mean, that shit is not helping anybody. I mean, how are you going to hold things in for the rest of your life and just be unhappy with what you're doing? Uh, I know it's different when you actually have a disorder, so I'm not discouraging or, you know, saying that uh, you can't get through it. I'm saying we can get through it together. You know, we just want to help one another. That's why we're sharing these resources and why right. we're really talking about things that have happened to us. And I also I also read a couple things uh, that David Chang mentioned. He pointed out a way that the tides are somewhat changing. People who don't like that high stress line cook environment, they're just making different decisions now. There's more than one way to make food. I think uh, speaking for us, we've taken ourselves out of those types of environments as well. And I can say I miss it, but I also know the stress. And I also realize that I don't need it. You know, you don't yeah. need the stress. Totally agree with you. You feel a lot better also, right? Do you feel a whole lot better coming home and not being as stressed out as you were? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm definitely not as stressed out at all as how I was before. But I don't know. I just I want to keep moving forward. I want to do something different. But I don't feel that overwhelming anxiety just to go into work and just to make a living. And for anyone who is struggling right now, um, COVID is changing the way that we're going to we're going to eat. You know, it's changing the way restaurants and businesses have to run. So saying that, I hope that chefs really become more creative, which I know they will. And I really hope there's a larger understanding of how people are, are going to feel going back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all in the long run. You know, it's scary to have to deal with customers face to face. Not a joke. People have died from COVID. Jumping back to opening, a lot of restaurants have to be really mindful. And people's health and safety are number one. If someone is treating you unfairly or disrespecting you, Even if they are a customer, you know, at this time, uh, when people reopen, you know, you shouldn't take the customer's crap. You know, let the servers know, let other cooks know, let the chefs know, let everybody do their job the way that's best and that's safe and, you know, really help each other. I wanted to play a game to lighten things up because I know it's it was a really, really dark episode, but time to lighten things up with a game called On the Fly. And we've played this game before in our past seasons, and it's a really fun game where we pick a topic and we have 15 seconds to list all the things related to that topic. So, Crystal, did you want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. I'll take the topic and then you can tell me the topic. I'm always really bad at this game. No, you're you're good. You're, you're pretty damn good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, uh, restaurant lingo on the fly is kind of basically saying we need it right away. So it's like pull it out of thin air and you just rush to make it, make it on the fly. In case you didn't know. I like how you said pull it out of thin air instead of pulling out of your ass. But <laughs> yeah, that's good too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just keeping it PG. That's true. I know, right? Yeah, right, right. Rated G, my ass. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Okay, so my topic for you today is that you have to name as many... Okay, I'm going to start the 15 seconds after this. You're going to name as many fast food places as you can. Three, two, one, go. McDonald's, In-N-Out, Jack in the Box, Burger King, uh, uh, Jollibee. Oh my God, why am I getting stuck? Um... (sighs) Del Taco, 
Taco Bell, KFC, Popeyes. Oh my god, I wish I knew a different type of fast food yeah. chain. Oh my god. Oh jeez, that's you oh. got like nine. That was good. Oh my god, that was really good. Dang, you did a good job, girl. That was probably like your best record yet. Oh my god, that's nothing to be proud of. <laughs> In this case, it is a thing to be proud of. <laughs> you were listing them so fast. <laughs> Uh, I knew this was going to be a good topic <laughs> for you. I knew it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, right now, it's, you know, it's only delivery. Sure. So. <laughs> this is a good, yeah, good excuse, Crystal. <laughs> um, I'll oh, you're going to you're gonna set it? Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, I'll set it. Um, so, are you ready? <gasps> okay. <laughs> so, Olivia, you're on the fly is Japanese dishes. And go. Nigiri. Um, sushi. <laughs> Damn, why can't I think of anything right now? Um, damn, what is that thing called? Is it yakitori? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Your time is up. <laughs> it's okay. I got three, right? But yeah, you got three. Dang, three I was trying to think of this. Yeah, I was trying to think of like the this thing that my brother gets. I can't think of anything. Is it beef? Is it like sukiyaki or is it like sushi or and tapoyaki? He heard his tapoyaki. The octopus cake, Dang. right? Yeah, he likes that a lot. Oh my god, you should have said, oh, what is that? It's like a tongue twister. We had it. Okonomiyaki. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You should have said that. I knew you were going to get that one, but it's okay. (laughs) Well, good job nonetheless. You know, always props. It's okay. We'll have plenty of on the flies coming up. Yeah, (laughs) I hope so. All right, guys, that's our show for today. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope we've shed some light on mental health in the restaurant industry. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, or if you'd like to see other topics on our show, feel free to add that as well. You can write your review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. We launch new episodes every Tuesday, so don't miss out. Keep listening every week. We are on so many platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. To find out more info and get some of the resources we mentioned here on the show, please follow our social media via Instagram at FatAssPodcast, Twitter at FatAssOfficial, and Facebook at The Podcast. By following us, you can find recipes, healthy eating tips, and so much more. Thanks, Thanks again, again for, for listening. listening. Bye! Bye.